Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ozpol Explained. My name is David, your handsome bearded host. Today's topic, the Senate versus the House of Representatives. What's the difference? Who could win in a cage fight? The answer is the House of Representatives. That's easy, they have twice as many people. And that is just one of the differences between the Senate and the House of Representatives. Come on, let's learn some stuff. So to break it down, the federal government has two houses, the Senate and the House of Representatives. Houses aren't like houses in the sense of homes where people live. Does anyone else remember when you were a little kid and you thought the teachers actually lived at school? Yeah, politicians don't actually sleep at Parliament House except in some cases, like that time in 2016 when the Senate debated changes to Senate elections for a marathon 28 hours. During this time, Centre Alliance Senator Nick Xenophon, pictured here, brought with him pyjamas with bananas on them. Finally, a politician with some style, though he is no longer elected. A house, in a political sense, is a chamber where politicians get together to debate and then vote on legislation. In our case, senators and members. In Australia, the two chambers comprise of seats forming a horseshoe or semicircle shape. There's also a viewing gallery above where the public can sometimes come in and watch parliament happen live. I know, right? Amazing. You get to watch people debate legislation live? Oh, thrilling. If only I didn't live on the other side of the country. You can also watch it live via the internet. The House of Representatives is also known as the Lower House, and the Senate is called the Upper House. Why are they called this? Well, we got this, like we did with many things, from the Westminster tradition. Thanks, Britain. Why did the British call them that? Honestly, I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know things. I know it's rare, but it's true. To quote Tony Abbott, no one is the suppository of all wisdom. So the differences involve elections, composition, and passing laws. Let's start with my favorite thing, elections. Fun fact though, aren't all election facts fun facts? The House of Representatives and the Senate don't actually need to be at the same time, but they usually are for convenience. Also fun fact, again, all election facts are fun facts, Senate elections work differently from states and territories. For states, Senate elections for the states happen anytime within a year of the Senate terms expiring, whereas the House of Representatives can be dissolved anytime within a three-year period. In the past, we've had federal elections that were basically only a year apart. Robert Menzies called an early election at a politically convenient time, and as a result, the elections of the House of Representatives and the Senate were out of sync from 1963 until 1974. But don't worry, unless you hear in the news specifically that the election will not involve both houses, it is likely that you can assume the federal election will be for both. Like I said, it's way more convenient and common. Just know that it can happen. We had a referendum on this issue in 1977 to see if the nation wanted to make the elections guaranteed to be simultaneous. A majority of Australians voted and said, yes, we want this. And then the referendum failed because only three out of six states had majorities. If you want to understand more about how that works, I have a video all about referendums, so check that out after this one. Because states and territories are technically different things, 
senators from territories have their elections at the same time as the House of Representatives. For elections, everyone in the House of Representatives goes to the election at the same time, whereas the Senate usually has half elections. Members of the House of Representatives have a maximum of three year terms, could be less, whereas senators have a six year term. States get 12 senators each, so each election, six out of those 12 seats are up for re-election. So the Senate changes at approximately the same time as the House of Representatives. Next election, the other half is up for re-election. Territories, on the other hand, aren't part of this rotation cycle, so the four senators from the Northern Territory and Australian Capital Territory are up for re-election all at once. As a result, they have three years or shorter terms. I say shorter because there isn't a set date for elections. Hypothetically, politicians could have incredibly short terms. State governors issue writs for Senate elections, whereas the Governor General conventionally, on the advice of the Prime Minister, issues writs for House of Representative elections. Again, I also have a video about the Governor General. And now for composition. The composition of the two houses is different. The House of Representatives is comprised of members who are elected in electorates, which are areas of comparable population size. So country electorates are real big and city ones are just real small. The largest electorate as of 2020 when I make this video is Durack, a Western Australian electorate that covers 1.629 million square kilometres. To put that in perspective, that's about the size of Iran or Mongolia. That's one electorate represented by one person, an area the size almost the entirety of Mexico. But like I said, it's about population size, so that area is mostly just sparsely populated and has a lot of desert. The smallest division is Grainler. Grainler is an inner city Sydney electorate that comes in an absolutely tiny 32 square kilometres, though that's still a little bit larger than countries like Monaco or the Vatican. Things can be different sizes. Hi, and welcome to World Geography Facts with David. And that's it. That's all the fun size comparisons I have left. I only have not fun size comparisons left. Moving on. More electorate comparisons, the Northern Territory only has two electorates, whereas New South Wales has 47. For now. Senators, on the other hand, don't have electorates. They are assigned to states. There are 12 senators for each state and two senators for the Northern Territory and the Australian Capital Territory. There are other territories like Norfolk or Christmas Island, but their population is really small and so they're not given their own senators. However, they do get to vote in the Senate elections of the Northern Territory and Australian Capital Territory. Because there are multiple senators for a whole state, their voter base doesn't need to be concentrated in one area. This means that third parties and independents have a far greater chance of getting elected. For example, the Greens currently only have one member in the House of Representatives, which is Adam Bant for Melbourne, but they have nine in the Senate. So remember, voting for minor parties that you prefer over the major parties is not a waste of time, especially in the Senate. If you want to learn more about voting, please go to the Australian Electoral Commission website, www.aec.gov.au. The AEC is your friend. For me, it is my only friend. 
I am so lonely. The size of these two houses varies and usually grows over time as, well, the population grows over time. Though the House of Representatives did actually reduce down from 148 to 147 in the 1993 election. Electorate boundaries are also periodically adjusted every seven years to deal with changes in the population. For the 2019 federal election, the total seats of the House of Representatives went from 150 to 151. This is because Victoria and the ACT both had high rates of population growth, and so were both granted a new seat, whereas South Australia's population went down, so they lost a seat. So like, hey, Adelaide, what are you doing? Come on, get on Tinder like right now. Just work on this for like the next seven years so you can gain a seat in Parliament. Just keep the mental image of the House of Representatives firm in your mind to keep you motivated and eager for some sweet hot representation. Ooh, mmm, nothing better than political representation. Am I right? Please say yes. Fun fact, I did actually match with someone on Tinder once because of our mutual interest on Facebook of Labour MP Anne Alley for Cowan. True story. I don't live in Cowan. It didn't go anywhere, but that's probably because I don't know how to turn that into a good pickup line. Hey, do you like marginal seats? Because I got something else that's marginal. If you if you know what I if you know what I mean, see it's terrible. Uh, it makes no sense because my margin is decent. Hey, are you a marginal seat? Because I want to put a lot of time and effort into you next time I have an election. Terrible. Comment down below your favorite political pickup lines. I don't need them because I'm married now, but I'm just curious as to what other jokes other people have come up with. You know. People who know actually how to make jokes. Have you ever used a political pickup line? Has it ever worked? Let me know. Currently, as of 2020, the House of Representatives has 151 and the Senate has 76 seats. Originally in 1901, there were 75 seats in the House of Representatives and only 36 in the Senate. Having twice as many members as senators is by design in the Australian Constitution. It states that the number of members must be as nearly practical twice the number of senators. So that is a very foundational law and requires a referendum to change. So this means no matter what point you travel back in time in the history of Australia, the House of Representatives always has a statistical advantage when it comes to an all v all cage fight. And that's your handy memory technique to remember that the Senate is always half the size of the House of Representatives. One day you'll be at a pub quiz and you'll be like, I definitely know this. And all your teammates will be like, huh? How do you know this? And you'll be like, because I keep envisioning Peter Dutton teaming up with Michael McCormack and smashing a chair over Patrick Dodson's back, which I've photoshopped here for you. I really hope that I am legally allowed to do that. I... You're welcome. Okay, so whoever holds a majority in the House of Representatives is what we call the government. The ruling government doesn't actually need to have control over the Senate. In fact, it usually doesn't. The ruling government has only had a majority in the Senate twice in the past 40 years. Things still get done though, though this does mean that sometimes key pieces of legislation that the government wants to pass doesn't. 
Because the government needs a majority in the House of Representatives, this means that conventionally the Prime Minister is also then in the House of Representatives. Convention, if you don't know already, is like tradition in that there's no actual legal basis for it, but why not just keep doing it? The only Prime Minister in Australian history to actually hold the position of Prime Minister while in the Senate was John Gorton. He took over after Harold Holt's death. Gorton then resigned from the Senate to contest the by-election in Harold Holt's seat. He then won and transferred over into the House of Representatives for his time as Prime Minister. Parliament though did not sit while he was a Senator, so we don't know how that would practically work if he had stayed. Fun fact though, because of his momentary resignation from the Senate, he is the only person in Australian political history to hold the position of Prime Minister as a Senator, as a member of the House of Representatives, and as someone who does not have an elected position. How cool is that? He has the political hat trick that no one else has. John political hat trick Gorton. I actually find that deeply fascinating and I hope you actually find that a little bit interesting too. Now that we have the two different houses, what do they do? The answer is mostly they pass bills. Bills can originate in either house although they mostly come out of the House of Representatives, once a bill has been introduced, it cannot be made law until it passes identically in both houses. This means that the House of Representatives can introduce a bill, but then have it blocked by the Senate and vice versa. If one house has issues with the bill, they can put forward amendments, and then the bill can then return to the original house where they debate it again. If both houses cannot agree on the exact wording of the bill, then it does not pass. So it's either abandoned or then revisited later. So keep this in mind, if you see the news headline that such and such bill has passed in the House of Representatives, it does not necessarily mean that it is law. It could mean that it has, or it could mean that it is halfway becoming law, or it could be blocked by the Senate next week. So this is an important reminder that a headline is not an article. You need to read all of it to know what is actually happening. Please read all of the article. The idea behind this system is to create a bit more balance in the representation. If it was just up to the House of Representatives to pass laws, then any state that had a larger population would be able to have unfair influence. Isn't that right? New South Wales? Huh? Big fans of Tinder? Of course, this is not all that the two houses do. They also present and debate parliamentary committee reports, present petitions on behalf of citizens, and have a thing called question time. Question time is a designated time for politicians to ask other politicians questions which they are obliged to answer. Sometimes things are named very literally. Question time is like the opposite of a buffalo wing. Because they are not made from a buffalo. Another example is the great tit, which is not what it sounds like because it's not any more special than any other kind of bird. It's more of just, you know, a regular tit. And when I say they present petitions, I mean that they present ones submitted by paper or on the Australian Parliamentary House website. They do have an FAQ about petitions that specifically says change.org petition signatures don't actually count. This should come as a surprise to absolutely no one. So if they both introduce bills and are required to pass laws, what is the deeper distinction? Drum roll, sound effect, here. Only the House of Representatives can introduce bills to do with money. That is the 
big legal distinction. These are called appropriation bills. So if the government needs to introduce a new tax, they need to work through it and introduce it in the House of Representatives. During budget time, when they want to change spending for hospitals, they have to introduce it by the House of Representatives. So the three distinctions of the Senate are as follows. It cannot propose laws to do with taxation. It cannot amend proposed laws imposing taxation or proposed laws that appropriate money for the ordinary annual services of the government. It cannot amend proposed laws so as to increase the amount of money the law requires. The Senate can block bills, which is called blocking supply. Usually this leads to amendments or specific items not passing. For not all things pass, Ultimately, a lot of things do get bipartisan support or support from the crossbench. The crossbench, by the way, is independents and minor parties. In 1975, though, the Liberal-held Senate refused to pass bills until the Labour Prime Minister Gough Whitlam called an election. Because of this, the government was unable to pass any laws. Liberal leader Malcolm Fraser called for an election and Whitlam refused. The Governor General dismissed Gough Whitlam to resolve this deadlock and called an election. Speaking of blocking bills and elections, sometimes the two go hand in hand and not just in 1975. When I said that the Senate usually has half elections, there is an exception. A double dissolution. A double dissolution is where every seat is up for re-election at the same time. This happens when a bill that originates in the House of Representatives is rejected by the Senate twice, with at least three months in between attempts to pass it. This is called a trigger, and it is not automatic. If it were automatic, we'd be constantly having elections left, right, and center. Instead, the Prime Minister can ask the Governor-General to make a double dissolution happen, if they so choose. The trigger doesn't need to be about money, it could be about just anything, really. Sometimes, though, the Prime Minister, after a double dissolution, doesn't even try to reintroduce the bill that started the whole process. This is just a way to prevent deadlocks and shake up the composition of the Senate. The 2016 election was a double dissolution because Malcolm Turnbull hoped to have a more favourable Senate and a reduced crossbench. It was around the time that a regular election could be held anyway, but instead he deliberately went for a double dissolution. The plan backfired. The Liberal Party proceeded to lose seats in the Senate and then increased the size of the crossbench to a record 20 senators. To resolve the issue of the half-election cycle being reset, they then got the senators with the least amount of votes to be up for re-election after three years. So there you have it. To recap, they're elected differently as to better represent the country. Both of them are required to pass laws. The government is formed by a majority in the House of Representatives, but doesn't need a majority in the Senate to function. Only the House of Representatives can introduce laws to do with money, and only the House of Representatives can introduce a bill that triggers a double dissolution. Thank you so much for watching. Please comment down below what you would like to learn about next, and share this video so other people can learn as well. Of course, there is a link to my Patreon in the description where you can support free education for everyone, and you can do it for as little as only $1 US per video. If everyone watching this 
gave just $1, I could pay my rent. So please consider it. Also, there is a link in the description to a copy of this script so you can see all the citations I use to make this video and do further reading or use them in assignments. Thank you so much for watching and I will see you next time.